Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 69, dude. This is not a podcast where we usually talk about such things, but uh, one time I was in a relationship with a woman and we were about to perform that particular act and she rolled her eyes and she's like, God, it's just the worst. And I think about that every time whenever somebody mentions the number 69. Yeah. Hi, how's it going? It's day 106 of our quarantine here in Chatham County, North Carolina. There needs to be a word in the English language that means, you know, like one of those German words, you know, like Farfignugen. <laughs> that was before my time on the VW account. I did not work on Farfignugen. Uh, that is all is well in my household, and I am even enjoying quarantine a little bit, but I am filled with anxiety and depression and misery for the state of the world outside of our house because uh i've been hearing variants of that phrase an awful lot from a lot of my friends and co-workers and colleagues it seems to really sum up a lot of people's lives they, they kind of like quarantine there's a lot to like about spending time at your home i i am a um i'm a lover of the domestic habits as it turns out uh in my aging years it's it's nice you know but uh the world outside of this house is pretty terrible sometimes and uh you know maybe it's getting better i think things are getting better in a lot of ways some statues are going down that's probably good uh <laughs> they toppled one in raleigh last night and then they lynched it that was kind of weird that's a new thing uh, they lynched a statue, so I I don't know. I guess that works. Uh, I guess that's what we're doing in our country these days. It's it's kind of interesting. It's it's powerful. It's messed up, but it's powerful. I've, I've been thinking about that a lot since it happened around about uh, thirteen hours ago. And uh, apparently they're uh, they're coming after Juanipero Serra statues out west, which is fine. You know, it's interesting. I toured one of those missions. I think it was San Luis Obispo when I was a kid. I was like twelve, and I was learning about these missions. And I was twelve years old, and it was obvious to me the whole thing was evil. I was like, wait, so these things are here because these people from Spain came all the way halfway across the world and tried to convince these other people who like they didn't know at all to just like become catholics even though they already had their own lives and religions i was like this is kind of messed up but uh yeah it's it's interesting the world is the world is crazy uh do i start with politics as i you know i was gave you that big speech two weeks ago right yeah I might as well just get it out of the way at the beginning we'll talk about politics why not? I was on a Zoom call last night with some friends when uh, our nation's attorney general tried to corruptly fire one of the U.S. attorneys because he's investigating the president. That happened. And then the dude was like, yeah, no, you can't fire me. And he had just refused to leave. And apparently there's a chance that Barr actually can't fire him because he's an interim replacement confirmed again by a court to go past his original 100 days because Trump is an idiot and doesn't actually fill any of his positions with permanent people because he doesn't want to bother getting Senate confirmation which tells you a lot, actually, that the guy doesn't want to bother getting Senate confirmations when Mitch McConnell, his toady, is like got his thumb on the Senate and can do anything he wants. He still doesn't want to bother with confirmations. That's kind of fucked up. Never really thought about that. Uh, but the polls are good. The polls are good. That is exciting. Uh, 
I did an average the other day of 25 most recent polls of Trump's approval rating, and the average was negative 14. Biden was up by an average of 12. That was pretty cool. He's up in every battleground state. Uh, There's basically a new batch of battleground states. I'm a little hesitant to think this way because we thought this way with Hillary, right? Like, oh, maybe we can take Texas this time. Uh, And there have been a lot of polls that have had Biden up in Texas. There have been a couple polls in Georgia that have had Biden up. There's been a poll in Kentucky that has had Biden up. But, uh, you know, take nothing for granted, right? But he is uniformly doing better everywhere than Hillary did, and uh, which is depressing in a way. (laughs) But we won't get into that because we'll take what we can get these days, right? Yeah. Uh, But really, for me, it's much more about the Senate, and the Senate is looking good-ish. There's a primary next week in Kentucky, so that'll be really interesting. Everybody sort of thought that Amy McGrath was the shoe-in on the Democratic side, and I think she'll still win, but she has a very compelling primary opponent, and, uh, you know, he's black, and he is very, very uh, well backed uh backed isn't the right word he's got all the endorsements basically from the 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 left uh aoc people like that so he's surging in the polls this is really his time it's probably a little too late uh it's a you know mail-in voting and all that uh we forget about that but there's a lot going on with mail-in voting and last minute surges in the polls Uh, but Amy does pull better than him against mcconnell uh even though i think i like booker's politics better so that's a whole race I've been following. Uh, there's a lot of races. Joni Ernst is down in Iowa. That's a huge one. That that could be one. Here in our state, Tom Tillis is down barely. Uh, the polls are close. He's only down by one or two usually, and a couple polls have him ahead. But North Carolina's Senate seat is in play, and that is huge. Uh, our governor's a shoe-in. He's plus 12. He's a Democrat, and his name's Roy Cooper. He barely won in the Trump election, uh, and the Republicans contested it for months before they finally gave up and let him be the governor. And uh, now he's up like 12 points, so that's pretty exciting. That's pretty exciting. People are still protesting. I am failing and going to protesting still, and it consumes me with guilt. It is very hard to do with this child where there are no protests within an hour of my house, really. There was one in Chapel Hill, as I said, and I miss that. I feel bad about that. It's weird not living in a town, you know? I have no town to go to. It's kind of kind of strange. But I do my part, and we're doing some interesting stuff at work. Uh, if you are a time hop user, you might see it, but it's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Some of the stuff we've been doing there. I feel good about that. I've been doing a lot of black history research there for work. Um, you know, that's a whole thing too. Like I've talked about this. Actually, I was just talking about this on Facebook, but, uh, I think something about like, I, I need to talk to my mom to this about this. Cause my mom was uh, a teacher and educator in my hometown and eventually vice principal in my high school. And, uh, I learned a lot of things in high school that I'm learning a lot of other people didn't learn. And I think there's a few factors at play. I think a lot of my friends are younger than me. So I think that Reagan and these sort of rights war on our textbooks hadn't really gotten going by the time I was in school and that got worse and worse. And a lot of this stuff has been cleansed, purged, <laughs> cleanse is a poor word choice, purged from our history books. Since then, I think that like out West, there was like a lot more hippie teacher ladies than there was out East. And, uh, they kept the color curriculum pretty liberal for a little longer. I was just talking to my friend, Holly. She's a friend of Boston. I met her in Boston, but she's an Alaskan. And, um, 
she's younger than I am. And she was like, no, by the time I was in school there, it wasn't like this at all. So I don't know. It's interesting. But a lot of these things I do, I do remember learning about in high school. And then, you know, and then the nineties, I remember I gave my mother a copy of this book, the lies my teacher told me when it came out in which I looked up, I thought it was earlier, but apparently it was 1995 and I read it and I gave it to her cause she was a teacher and I, you know, I thought it was funny. My mom's always pretty liberal, but even she, she told me, I just actually just last year we were talking about that book. And she was like, man, there's a lot of stuff I didn't know about her history that was in that book. Thank you. That really opened my eyes. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So I think perhaps that's another possible explanation for this is that in my college era reading of people's history of the United States, I sort of in my mind conflate with high school. Um, I don't know, but uh, it's interesting. And I, I, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's very fascinating to me. And then, you know, like I forget a lot of the details. I, I know the narrative of history in the United States being this one of oppression, but like sometimes I just can't remember the details and like, People have been talking about Seneca Village a lot lately, and, uh, you know, I read this 1,200-page, you, you may remember, I read this, I think it was 1,500-page book on um, the history of New York called Gotham. It's an amazing book, and it was very eye-opening in, in terms of race in a lot of ways. And there's a very long section on Seneca Village, and, like, when people were saying Seneca Village, Seneca Village, I was like, I don't know what that is. I better educate myself. And I went and looked it up, and I was like, oh, yeah, I read, like, 200 pages about this. <laughs> Oh man, my memory is just not what it used to be, but I'm trying, I'm trying keep educating myself. Uh, you know, I guess talk about the time up thing right now. We have been doing, you know, since Mar, uh, I'm sorry, since May, we've been doing every day is, is sort of a, the way time hop works is like, you see all your, you know, um, your personal events, but then at the end it has a little day in history, this day in history news item, we call it the news item. And, uh, even though it's not news, it's day in history. And, you know, it's always like a nostalgic thing, but ever since like late May we've been doing, and we're going to be doing this for basically the foreseeable future. We've been doing sort of like events with like minorities, mostly, you know, events in black history in the United States, protests, uh, you know, like, everything yeah you know some some are like a little bit more lightweight like you know it's it's uh beyonce's birthday or something like that but some of them you know we've been doing like supreme court cases we've been doing you know sit-ins we've been doing you know stuff like that of course we did juneteenth um and so you know we have this giant calendar this editorial content calendar and i've got it going out to like september and i've been sort of doing the first pass the whole company chips in on it but i've been doing like kind of the first pass and and one thing that really just struck me is like there's you know a lot of these great sites are like sort of this day in history this day in black history and like there's just been so many race riots in the united states it's fucking insane <laughs> like you go through like you just scroll through that like there's this one called i think blackhistory.org and it's like every day of the year, there's at least one, one like, uh, history item. That's like in this city, there was a riot where 5,000 white people burned down a neighborhood because a black bellboy looked at a girl. That, that one was, I think in Houston, you know, just uh, over and over No Galveston. That was the Galveston, riot. It's because of a bellboy and he had been arrested already. And then they like still demanded to, it was just insane every day in history. There's at least one white on black violence race riot in America's past. It's kind of insane. Uh, I mean, we know it's insane. It's horrible, but, um, I think, you know, you can look at all of this and think to yourself that this it's good that some of this stuff is happening now. There are setbacks. It's not going to be all the change we want. Just today, the Minnesota legislature couldn't get its act together and resolve the two bills between the House and the Senate to get a proper police bill in. That's going to happen a lot. But it's good to see some a sea change of opinions. It's good to see parents understanding what defund the police means. I'm 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 a big proponent of that phrase, by the way. I know that's pretty contentious with a lot of people. It doesn't bother me one bit, man. 
I find it interesting. People are like, we spend all this money on the military. We got to spend that. But like when they apply the same logic to their hometown, they're like, we can't defund the police. I'm like, were you not talking about defunding the military? I mean, you, I assume you're going to keep like a couple people in the military when you were talking about that, or did you want to get rid of it completely? Anyway, resolve it the same way you resolve it with the military. It's not that hard. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's, uh, let's just have our podcast today. I'll probably like lose half my listeners if I ramble on about politics all the time, but I do think it's interesting. Emma and I were like talking about it the other day and we were like, why do you know, like, why do so many people not understand this stuff? And I was like, think about it, you know, like for the entire time I've known you or, you know, we've been together about 10 years. We've known each other like 14 or 15. We've always talked politics. We always read politics. We watch politics. Like, and I was like, and think about when we have visitors, they think we're weird when we're sitting there watching Rachel Maddow bitching about the Mueller report or something, you know, like a lot of people don't obsess. I and mean, it's something that's just, I'm sort of like starting to grasp is a lot of people don't obsess about politics. They don't even want to talk about politics politics a lot in their life. And I think that's why I did this show that way originally, you know, and I was like, ah, in politics, and then you got to be a political show. And I don't you know, I don't really want to be a political show, but it's just such a huge part of my life. It's kind of a little refreshing now. I got to say to not, not hide it. You know what I mean? Not hide it. That's nice. Uh, anyway, what else? The big news of the last two weeks is that we got kitties. There are four kitties in the house, little kittens, two months old. There are two tortoise shells. One is a faded tortoise shell. One is got a little stumpy tail. And there are two little orange ones. One is like a faded orange and one is a, you know, like a Garfield orange. And they're all just adorable. The orange ones are boys. The gray ones are girls. They are the cutest little things. We are doing a foster. We uh, inherited the foster from our friends, Mike and Todd, Mike mainly. Because they had to leave town. And uh, ironically, we were just getting back in. Right when the quarantine happened, we were just getting back into sort of like getting into foster system with cats. Because uh, there's these people that do this. It's called the Goat House Refuge. They have a cat cafe in, in uh, Chapel Hill. But you can't bring kids under three to the cat cafe. And so we were like started getting ready and we were working with a different uh, adoption agency in Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, we had applied to uh, get a cat right from them right before the quarantine. And that one didn't work out. And then we're like, well, now we're screwed because we're in quarantine. So it was kind of a blessing, right? Like Mike and Todd were like, will you take over? And we're like, yes, we are. <laughs> and Jane just loves them. And it's so cute. And then we go in there every morning. I get up and I go get Jane and I change her diaper. And then we go and she's still in diapers. She doesn't even care about the the uh potty training at all i can't get her to care about it no one none of us can it's crazy anyway so we go in there and we feed the kitties and we hang out with the kitties for an hour until breakfast and it's just so nice they come and cuddle with you oh kitties they're so cute we can keep zero two or four of them i think four is a bit excessive i think two is probably where we're going to be at uh but we don't even we haven't even named them yet it's tough it's tough uh, but you know, then I was talking to my friend, Lisa love, uh, <laughs> that's her last name on Facebook. I don't know. Like I, you know, I know her real last name, but I don't know. Like I shouldn't say it anyway. Uh, she was telling me about, you know, she fosters cats and she's like, you know, it's okay to give them away to, you know, they're going to a good home and you could become Facebook friends with people and you could see these kitties go growing up through their lives. And it's actually really rewarding. So if these aren't exactly the right cats for you, it's okay. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. I kind of assumed and I'm still assuming we're going to keep two of these cats, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, so yesterday, the refugee adoption agency called. And they're like, "Oh my god! By the way, you have to come in the next like seventy-two hours out here and give them get their uh, vaccine shot, or they'd have to start the whole cycle over again." It's, you know, and we were like, "Ah!" <laughs> 
And uh, it's hard to tell the story in order. But Emma's really busy this week. We'll talk about that again. And I had the day off for Juneteenth. I gave, we gave the company off and uh, the company the day off. And so I was like, oh, God, I don't want to go anywhere, you know, and it's like, I'm like, well, can they come here like our other vet did? And then she's like, no, you got to go there. And I'm like, well, can, you know, she says you have to wear a mask. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm like, can, and then I was telling this to somebody, another friend of mine, and they're like, well, you should, you know, like just ask him to come out to the car and get the cats and then go inside. And I was like, okay, I'll have them ask them that. But it didn't really work out. It was all very confusing. It was very disorganized and it all made sense when I got there. Right. So like I drive out there and it's awesome. It's like 30 minutes away from here. And it's on the back roads. If you've ever been to our house, it's like you get off of the, 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 the freeway, the highway, right? Just up the road. You take a ride onto this road called man's chapel and you go down man's chapel a little ways and you turn into our neighborhood. But like, if you keep going on man's chapel, it just enters America's great network of farm roads, right? These back roads that just span America that, that just, they're never on a grid. I mean, they're on a grid in the Midwest, but around here, they're not on a grid. They just wind and they're all named church or this, or one of them is named chicken bridge i like that one uh and i just took these winding back farm roads all the way to this place it's called the goat house refuge and it's like mainly you know and they get to the end of this paved road on a cul-de-sac and then you take a dirt road like a mile in there i was like wow this is i've been on dirt road since i left alaska <laughs> you know you don't, you don't run into dirt roads in the lower 48 as much but anyway, so you get there and it's like this giant goat farm, right? It's like, and in the middle of the goat farm, there's this purple hippie house with an orange door and this like sort of knotted wood fence that looks like it's, you know, the Shire out of Lord of the Rings. And you go inside and it's just like all women. I mean, I don't, I didn't see a single man in this whole facility. Oh, no, that's not true. I saw one Hispanic worker cleaning out a goat stall. <laughs> And there's just like this kitten adoption agency, but it's like probably got like a half acre of land behind the house where it's just got like kitty igloos. <laughs> it's like, uh, Emma was telling me some people don't like this adoption agency because they're just a little too attached to the cats. And I'm like, yeah, you can tell they are. They are just cat people. And they're like, it's awesome. I was super into it. And then there's this like 20 something year old woman in there and she was wearing like a cardigan in the Carolinas in the summer. And she was just like, you know, like just looked like a future cat lady. And it was awesome. So when she was adopting a cat and I was like, yeah, that's what you would do in the middle of a pandemic is go adopt a cat. But I guess you do. I didn't hear I'm like, who am I to say? Cause I'm here with four cats. <laughs> I don't know, it was so weird. The whole place is so weird. Uh, but you know, you had to go like through gates, multiple gates to like get to them. And I had to carry the, the cat container with the kitties in it, like uh, 200 yards to get to the house from the parking lot. So I was like, yeah, I can see why they don't like come out to your, your car to do this, you know? But uh, it was fun. And, uh, you know, I, I was really dreading leaving the house beyond my normal once a week grocery run. But it was it was pretty rewarding. And I can't wait to go back out there. You know, they do tours and stuff. And uh, uh, they got a lot of goats. <laughs> but it's pretty, pretty. All that's all that stuff shut down. They're doing like minimal operations right now, taking care of the animals. And that's it. So someday I'll go back out there with Jane. It'll be super fun. Yeah. And then uh, the other big news is this last two week cycle is we finished refinancing our house. How's that for a grown up thing, man? It's pretty awesome. I feel great. We knocked off, uh, I think like $700 off our monthly bill, but it's more like 1200 because I am not using the escrow account anymore because fuck that. I don't want these people hanging out of my money. That's just ridiculous. 
And, uh, you know, it's harder to shop for insurance deals when you're using an escrow account. So I was just like, no, I don't want the escrow anymore. So we got a refund back. We got like two payouts. We got uh, the balance out of our escrow and then like another balance paid out. So it's pretty cool. And our monthly bill went down $1,200. And I did all the math. And it's like, even after like buying the insurance and and the property tax, not through escrow, it's like averages out to about $800 a month. Or no, like $1,000 a month less on our bills. So that is huge. I'm very, very excited about that. And we, I got Quicken all working and I did all our personal finances. I've never used Quicken. It's, you know, it's like a poor man's QuickBooks, right? Like I use QuickBooks at work. So Quicken is basically the same thing. I wanted to use a different company. Even though I don't like the Quicken guy, the guy, the guy's annoying, he, bad politics, but, uh, yeah, it's great software. It has a Mac OS client too. You can actually use an app on your Mac. That's kind of crazy. I, I didn't know people still made those besides Apple. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's pretty cool. Every morning now I'm like looking at our balances and then we got to, you know, did our taxes. I submitted the taxes. Uh, I'm paying, we're paying in North Carolina and in federal because Emma, you know, freelancer doesn't have taxes withheld. And then we get a refund in New York because I pay taxes in New York because my company's in New York, but like I don't live there. So, I don't to, so I'm getting a refund out of New York. Uh, that's all pretty cool. And then putting in the SCP money and a lot of personal finance stuff going on. It's pretty cool. You know, uh, SCP is like the uh, freelancers 401k. We both have SCP accounts from more freelance work. Uh, yeah, I just feel like, you know, uh, I've got my act together a little bit. It's kind of good. And I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, German word for outside world accepted. Uh, I'm actually pretty happy these days. Like I have a lot of FOMO in life and there's no FOMO when there's nothing going on. So that's pretty nice, you know? And, and, uh, I, you know, I suffer from depression my whole life, but like, I was like, I think I'm happy. Is this what happy is? And it's wrong to be happy when there's this much injustice in the world. And I'm not happy about that, but I don't feel that unhappiness the same way. Some of my friends, it paralyzes them. They get so depressed when they think about the, the all the stuff that's terrible in the world. I get angry and I, I, I always think about it and I want to do things, but it doesn't like personally, I mean, obviously it doesn't personally affect me. I've put in tons of privilege, blah, blah, blah. I'm very well aware of that, but I mean, it doesn't like hit me in the same way. I feel it. I feel it. And I, I, it moves me, but it doesn't like affect my depression or not my depression. I guess that's what I'm kind of trying to say. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, that stuff aside, it's kind of going okay for me in this world. Uh, the routine's a little bit different though. These days, Emma's got a ton of work. She's like super, super busy working on the big launch of a big app. We'll talk about that after it's launched, but, uh, she's working like 80 hours a week. And so like, I'm watching Jane a lot more. I'm doing whole nights by myself. I'm putting her down by myself. I'm doing, you know, nap time. Sometimes we're, we're passing her off back and forth in the middle of the day, depending on who's on a call. It's definitely, it's a lot. And then that combined with these cats that just like eat and shit constantly, they go through so much food and then you got to clean the litter box constantly. And it's like, Oh my God, all our routines are out the window in the last couple weeks. It's a little overwhelming. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I do like our hour in the morning with the kitties. That is quite nice. It's, I used to just watch my civilization live streams for that hour, but you know what? I can, I can, I can live with only watching an hour of civilization at night and not an additional hour in the morning. I think that's all right. Uh, I got one of those. So yeah, I'm doing like, um, you know, all that server stuff I was telling you about, like we did the server uh, extension for cold storage. Did I talk about this? No, I didn't talk about this. I got another one of those expansion things for our, our QNAP. 
So one runs Plex, which is the video software. One is our time machine backups. And now there's a third one and we're calling it cold storage because both Emma and I had this like giant, oh, there's my wife. She, she's got to work today. No. No? no, but she's handing me the baby monitor. So I got to yeah. babysit. Say hi, she Emma. Is. Hi. Cause you, she threw brown bear. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. It's been about 20 minutes. Emma did, in fact, have to work today, and Jane was not going down for a nap, so I went up there and calmed her down. And, um, yeah, man, sometimes these days she doesn't want to do her nap, and you, you got to do, like, a whole bedtime thing. So we went and visited the kitties for a little bit, and then I read her a book, a book about a cat chasing a mouse around and then them implausibly ending up as best friends at the end. It was not very realistic. And then I did one, two, one kiss, two kiss. I kissed her on each cheek 10 times. And then I had to sing her lullaby. And then I finally got her to bed. It took like 20 minutes. Uh, Emma misunderstood me when I said she has to work today. She thought I said I had, she didn't have to work today. She does, in fact, have to work today. She's on a conference call in the other room. It's quite lovely. Anyway, where was I? Yeah, so I got the, we got this new server uh, extension, and it's like for files you want to keep online, but not on like random hard drives in the house. And it's really nice because I had mine all the, it was the, it's the Barbarian Archive, right? I had it on this like mechanical hard drive attached to my computer, and it just slowed the whole computer down. Every time you had to do a file search or something, the drive had to spin up. It was super annoying. So now that's all in the server. And uh, then I got one of those, I got like an HD antenna. And this little adapter box that converts HD over the air signal to Ethernet. And Plex has a built in DVR. So, like, we get like 35 channels over the air, and uh, including CBS, ABC, NBC, and Fox. So, I'm sort of like, that's working. And um, I did some test recordings on it. I tried to record the Colbert show, and uh, they didn't work. So, I don't know what's up. It recorded the other test okay but not the Colbert show. So I'm doing a little research on that, but if it works, that's like, you know, our cable bills are like 180 bucks. It's kind of insane. And really like, uh, it's just for MSNBC at this point. And <laughs> we don't have any, I haven't even watched MSNBC in months, but you know, like if there's a major news story, uh, more major than all the news stories we have been having, where up to the minute information really mattered. I think maybe we'd watch, want to watch the, uh, the news again and, you know, CNN or MSNBC or something. And, uh, I guess they're in Hulu Live. Uh, does anybody have Hulu Live? If you have Hulu Live, I have a question, very specific sort of edge question around recording shows. So drop me a line. Uh, but, you know, if that works or if I can get it working with uh, this HD antenna, and uh, then I think we can finally drop our cable because we get HBO Max free with our internet. We use AT&T Uverse, so I think we'd be good. Uh, so I'm getting close. That's 180 bucks a month that we wouldn't have to spend. Even if we switched to Hulu Live, that's like 50 bucks. We still save like 130 bucks a month. So I think we're about to cut that cord and then we will see what's up. I really like our internet. It's only 70 bucks a month and it's a thousand down and a thousand up. It's pretty amazing. But uh, the problem is like when the power goes out in the neighborhood, our house doesn't go out because we have, we have power walls. But the router for the fiber up the street does go out. And so the internet does go out and you have to restart it all when the power goes out. And it's really annoying and I don't like it. So maybe, I don't know, once it comes along, uh, Starlink, maybe we'll switch to Starlink because then there would be no terrestrial connection for the power to go out. And then we would have internet forever, even if like the grid went down, which I think could be kind of cool. Anyway, uh, yeah, God, this is, I'm really rambling today. Jane's doing well. 
Uh, lots of bedtimes for me this week. Lots of nap times, just like the one you just saw there. Uh, she's, you know, but it's crazy. She's like becoming full on conversational. We negotiated this whole bedtime just now. I was like, we can go see the kitties, but after the kitties, you got to go take a nap. And after the nap, you can see the kitties some more. She's like, okay, kitties, then nap, then kitties. And I'm like, yes, exactly. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, yesterday it was raining and I took her up the road to this giant puddle on our main road, the only road in our neighborhood. And I was in my raincoat with an umbrella and she was in her little raincoat. And we just sat out there, like Emma had a college, she had to work. And we just sat there playing in this puddle, me and Jane, for like an hour. And I was like, oh my God, this is so pure, man. Oh my God, this is like beautiful. This is so beautiful. And then people from the neighborhood would drive by and they'd look at us and it would just melt everyone's heart seeing her play in the puddle. It'd be like, oh... It was really cute. She's really cute. Puddles are cute. Puddles are good. She was soaking wet afterwards, though. Surprise, surprise. Uh, waiter boots do not work on babies, toddlers, because they just get themselves wet no matter what. But her raincoat is really cute, and so are her boots. <laughs> that was fun. That was nice. She's she's pretty swell, even if she doesn't want to take a nap. It's really tough. Like I could, I, like I want to just sort of like if you don't want to nap, don't nap. That's fine. But she's not quite old enough to grasp that, and then she gets really cranky at night. So I don't know. Uh, but at least, you know, she naps still for a couple hours and she sleeps at night still, still getting up at like seven 30. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, let's see, uh, media stuff. Here we go. The, the, the heart of the matter. Uh, I finished ripping all the CD mixes. It's very exciting. There were 65 of them and they're all ripped cataloged, uh, tra you know, track listings made, uh, put into Plex, the whole nine yards. I'm posting them once a day onto Facebook still with my little essays for everyone on Facebook that is done. Um, so I'm going to move back to the four tracks now, probably, you know, finally, I think I'm ready. My, my head is clicked a little bit and I want to get this project done. So I'm going to really, I'm going to plow through the four track tapes pretty quick. I'm just going to brute force it. Uh, got some more Walmart's got a few more, uh, 4k Blu-rays lately. So I got rocket man and John wick. They have all three John wick movies. They're only $12 each too. Uh, I just bought the first one. I'm like, I'll leave it to fate. Let's see if the next two are there. And then they had this like six disc apocalypse. Now final cut 4k Blu-ray thing for like 25 bucks. I was like, all right, I love that movie. So I got that. Uh, I got to rip all those and put them up in Plex. Rocket Man's up there. John Wick's going now. Then Apocalypse Now will do this week. So that's pretty cool. From Netflix, I only got one movie in the last two weeks, which is kind of bullshit because, you know, it's like I have the double disc thing and uh, I only got one. And it, it was The Girl from Monday, which is a Hal Hartley film. It's fantastic. And I rewatched it and it was lovely. And, uh, you know, so that's up there if you're a Hal Hartley fan. Got another one. It should be arriving today. Dark Waters. Um, but yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, you know, I only get like three movies a month out of them and it's like, eh, it's not quite really worth the money, but I'll do it for like a year, I think, get through my queue and then just sort of move on. Uh, yeah. And then I've been talking to my uncle Jack a lot. He's sending me a ton of family slides. I'm going to get those scanned and archived. So that's pretty cool. I got the paperwork back from my other uncle, Skip, my mom's brother. So I got to like name and label the photos from the, my parents, the Kodak box archive. That's going to be this week's project. That's pretty exciting. I'll get that done. If I can get that in the four tracks done, I will feel good. And then I'll finish up the photo albums. And then I think I'll take a break from the archiving for a while. Uh, cause I got something else I want to turn to, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Discogs only sold one CD. It was one of Emma's old CDs. Is better than Ezra. Friction Baby. I've never listened to better than Ezra in my life, so I don't really can't form an opinion on that. I got no vinyl in the mail this week. Wait, is that true? Uh, yes, no vinyl this last two weeks. I've been being good. 
<laughs> and no CDs. I didn't buy any physical media music this last two weeks. That's that's impressive for me. I'm really trying to like you know get my finances in order, not spend too much money, donate more to charity, fitter, happier, more productive. Uh, you know, trying not to buy too many extraneous things. Did listen to a bunch of music though. Uh, let's see, I listened to the Mastersons, No Time for Love Songs. It's a great album. Uh, my friend Brianna is friends with them, and she told me when I uh, mentioned Steve Earle last week that I was listening to Steve Earle. She's like, Oh, my friends, this band called the Mastersons are also in Steve Earle's band. So I was like, oh, All right, I'll check them out. That was great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then I looked at one of those lists somebody was sending around of black punk bands, and everybody's like, Big Joni's an awesome band. I was like, Okay, I've never heard of them. So I gave them a listen this album called sistas it was awesome solid big joni good stuff uh and then this is weird so i was doing the cd mixes and i came across a two cd mix that my friend john whitney made for me for my 30th birthday and i did i remember them very well and i remember liking them a lot and i listened to them a lot of the time but like i didn't really process the band names apparently so i was listening to him this week john whitney uh you may know he had a website for underground music called brainwashed and he did a festival along with it called brain waves and he had a label called killer pimp he originally signed for example a place to bury strangers uh almost signed there's another band he almost signed that he got me really into but i can't remember now anyway uh just really really phenomenal musical knowledge john has and um but there were three bands on these CDs that I loved upon listening to, and I can't understand why I didn't get into them back then. So I just wasted 18 years of my life not listening to these bands. One was called Aerogram. They're like Scottish uh, uh, shoegaze, Scottish shoegaze, uh, kind of like a, maybe like early Snow Patrol or Reindeer Section, and uh, they're great. And then they have a they have broken up, and one of the guys is in a new band called Emote of Dust. So I listened to their two albums, one and two, as well as the Aerogram album Seclusion. Then there's another really mellow song that I really liked by this band, Sugar Plant. I don't know anything about them, but I listened to a whole album by them called Happy. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Added another album of theirs to my to investigate list, but I haven't got to it. But the big winner was this uh, Japanese psych rock band, sort of surfer, happy, sunny California psych, called Nagisa Nitei. And I love them so much. And I don't know why I just, I, I'm so bummed. Like 18 years I wasted not knowing about this band and I could have been really into them the whole time. And I bet they've toured America and I didn't see them. And I listened to like two other albums, uh, dream sounds and y Yosuga. And they were both amazing. And I am so into this band, Nagisa Nite. And, uh, thank you, John Whitney, 18 years later. <laughs> And then uh, there was another CD mix I had that was made by Ben, the guy that runs Bada Bing Records, uh, Ben Goldberg. And uh, I used to be part of this mixtape CD club where we each made a mixtape and made like seven copies and sent them off to the different people. My friend Ian Fitzpatrick ran it. And uh, Ben Goldberg was one of the guys in the mix club. And so he made the CD and it was really good. And it had this uh, artist on there called Katie Von Schleicher that I, I knew most of the artists on the Bada Bing one. And I remember listening to it a lot when it came out, but I hadn't really, I didn't remember Katie Von Schleicher. And so I did some research and I listened to one of her albums called Consummation. I really like it. She's really good. She's in Brooklyn. She's also a graphic designer and uh, I strongly recommend it. She was, it was very, very satisfying and then uh my friend why mike hit me to the fact that katie jane gartside who is the lead singer was the lead singer of a band called daisy chainsaw that we were all obsessed with back in the day has a new album out with a new band called liar flower l-i-a-r liar flower and the album is called geiger counter and it is just it's great it's very diverse the first song is beautiful and mellow and amazing it's got some real rockers on it it's like it's some noise stuff uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I listened to it like five times this week. It was just fantastic. Liar Flower 
or a Geiger counter. Uh, I was just writing about Katie Jean Gartside today on Facebook because Daisy Chainsaw Show at TT the Bears was one of the craziest shows I ever saw. And to this day, I'm not sure if it was real or not that she like cut her head open and bled all over herself and was carried on on a stretcher. I don't know if that was part of the act or real. It was really confusing. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's great. She's, she's, she's intense, man, but that was a great album. And then <laughs> there's a new Chromeo EP called quarantine Casanova. That's basically all about the quarantine and Dr. Fauci and everything. And it's hilarious. Uh, they wisely also put all six tracks or the EP on inst- as instrumental versions. So you listen to the lyric versions and you're just laughing and it's like, <laughs> you know? Oh, it's amazing. They're like socially distanced lover and stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, and then they have the instrumentals and you're like, Oh, this is actually a pretty solid Chromeo album. <laughs> like it's a humor album, but not a humor album. If you take the lyrics away. So that's pretty good. It's definitely worth a listen to. I, nobody else has really nailed the, uh, quarantine zeitgeist music yet. Like, <laughs> like Chromeo. Emma loves Chromeo. I sent her that link when it came out, but I, we haven't talked about it. I don't know if she's actually listened to it yet. So I gotta, I gotta double check on that. Uh, and then I listened to two Lou, uh, two recent Lou Barlow releases. Lou Barlow, of course, was uh, the main guy in Sebado and the second or third, I I'll call him the third main guy in Dinosaur Jr. Uh, he put out two albums of uh, acoustic songs of his own from 1993. Uh, his Acoustic Centrado was uh, one of his side projects. And the first one is called Forever Instant, Acoustic Centrado 93 Volume 1. And the second one is called Paranoid Revolution Volume 2. Uh, and they are great. I really enjoy them. I love Lou Barlow. I especially love his singer-songwriter shit. Uh, also, Emo, his E-M-O-H, his f- debut solo album on Merge Records is getting a 10th anniversary. I think it's 10 anniversary double vinyl release, and it's I really want it. And I already own Emo on vinyl, but I really want this. I don't know. It's it's hard for me. I'm probably going to buy it because it's got a whole extra LP of demos and stuff. So I don't know if I can really pass that up. Uh, and then I listen to a ton of music by the microphones. The microphones are... Uh, Mount Erie. Do you guys know Mount Erie? Do you guys know about this guy? I know I've talked about Phil Elvernum on here because I listen to a lot of Mount Erie, but I don't think I've really talked about how he's gotten under my skin and I listen to him all the time and it feels like I'm listening to my own subconscious and it's really intense. And, uh, cause when I first listened to a crow looked at me, they supposed masterpiece by Mount Erie. I, uh, I didn't like it at all. I just didn't stick with me, but it, I mean, apparently it did because now I listen to it all the time and I'm obsessed and, uh, he had a new album this year, uh, and it was good. It was really good. But, uh, I just clicked one day. I was like, this, this dude used to be in a band. Right. And I was like, yes, I looked it up, you know, and yeah, he was in a band. It's called the microphones. And I was like, why have I never listened to them? I'm kind of obsessed with this guy now. And I think it's cause it took me a long time to accept that I was obsessed with, with Mount Erie because I didn't like it so much at the beginning, <laughs> but I have to, I have to face facts. So I listened to three albums by the microphones, his band before Mount Erie. Phil Ilvernum's band. Uh, and, uh, the first one was called the glow part two, which I just loved. It was fantastic. It was a near perfect record. And then the second one was called Mount Erie. He named his second band after an album from his first band. And I didn't really care for Mount Erie very much. And then there's a, the third one I listened to was the singing from Mount Erie. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is good too. But the glow part two of those three was my favorite one. I'm, I'm, I'm really into the microphones now. Uh, yeah, it's like my new thing this week. Yeah. Cool. That's it for music, though. Not as much as last week. Uh, I've been because I really I plowed through the mixtape or the mix CD project, and that was taking up a lot of my time this week. So I did that. Turning to television, though, uh, big news. I've been watching a ton of TV again. Basically, since Emma's been working so much uh, the last two weeks, like 80 hours a week, 
I'm kind of alone after Jane goes to bed. Uh, and the first couple of days, I was just kept watching my Civilization games, but I was like, I guess I could take this time to watch all those TV shows that I watched alone when Jane was born. I used to stay up all night and just watch these TV shows by myself with Jane with me, not by myself with Jane. So Emma could get some sleep. I would sort of babysit overnight. And, uh, so I watched all this stuff that Emma never watched with me. And I just kind of like have thought I'd never get around to watching them. Right. And so <laughs> like the second seasons of all this stuff, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So the first one was homecoming, which, uh, you may recall was a Sam Esmail show, the maker of Mr. Robot, uh, with Julia Roberts in it. And it was very good. Uh, and it has a new season. It stars Janelle Monet, who is just fantastic. She's amazing. And uh, but the show is pretty good. It's a little, it's weird. They introduced some comedic elements to it, which kind of like threw me off. But I think I liked in the end. Very different tone than the first one, and not directed or show run by Sam Esmail this time. And uh, so it's very different. It's a continuation. It's not. It's not a. You know, I thought at first I was like, is this going to be one of those shows like True Detective? That's a completely different thing. And it's like no. It is a continuation of the same story. It has some of the same characters. In it, but um, you know, it, it was it was good. It was fine. It's half hour, so it was super quick. I enjoyed it, and then I watched uh, Altered Carbon season two because I really did enjoy the first Altered Carbon season, even though it's like too violent for my taste. But it just kind of worked with the noir detective thing. Season two was very different, but uh, and it objectively had some problems, but I also still really enjoyed it. Uh, got a little weak in the middle, but I do like these eight episode seasons, you know, it just makes it easy. I can just be like, okay, whatever. It takes three nights to watch a whole season of something. That's my kind of television, man. Uh, I would watch the next season. I'm curious where it's going, uh, but not as good as the first season though. And then right now I'm watching the third season of Westworld, which everybody really panned when it came out. And I was like, okay, well, this is not getting good reviews and I don't care that much. And so I'm not really going to watch it, even though I liked season two and I really liked the way season two ended. And I was excited for the possibilities of what was going on. And now I'm watching it. And I actually, I love it. I think it's awesome. Like I'm really into like, I don't know, maybe people just wanted more of the same. Maybe, I mean, there are some cheesy things and like, uh, homecoming, they've introduced a few comedic elements here and there, which is definitely weird and kind of dissonant. But uh, it's pretty good. And one thing that's interesting, I was thinking, I was like, this is actually just basically like an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode <laughs> season. <laughs> and like Agents of, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not prestige television, right? But this is. And I was like, it's pretty similar to the season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with the life model decoys, LMDs. But uh, I'm into it. I actually I find it very compelling. I have three episodes left, so I'll finish that this week. But uh, yeah, I'm actually watching TV again. As long as Emma is working, I guess I'll be watching a little bit of TV at night. Uh, there aren't a lot of these left. Mr. Robot, I need to watch the last season of. I'm not going to start something without her. You know what I mean? I'll probably just switch back to movies after that because actually I didn't watch a single movie this week. Not a single one. No, that's not true. I watched the girl from Monday. That's right. But that's it. I didn't watch any other movies. So the movie section of this will be very short. And then on the book front, I have been reading those NK Jemison books. I finished the first one, the fifth season. Uh, NK Jemison is a writer. She's the only person ever to win the Hugo prize for three books in the same series, three books in a row. And that's the books I'm reading. It's called the Bro broken earth series. Uh, I finished the first one. It was fantastic. Now I'm reading halfway, more than halfway through the second one, the obelisk gate. And, uh, it's great. I got like on deck this book about policing and then I need to, um, I'm thinking I might reread the people's history of the United States. And I got this biography of John Maynard Keynes. I want to read because, uh, I, th I mentioned this on my Facebook. Uh, so sorry for those of you that are reading that as well, but, uh, reading biographies of economists is a great way to learn about economics because they put it in a very narrative way. And 
you can learn about it as they discovered it. So it's additive. You don't have to know a ton at the beginning. And also you can learn all about the biases of the economist. So, you know, there's a new, very well regarded biography of John Maynard Keynes. I want to read that, but I'm just like, I'm going to read these books first. They're great. Uh, yeah. So NK Jemison, the, the broken earth series, uh, it's pretty great. Work is going well. Like I said, we're doing the, uh, you know, the using the news item to do like interesting things here, dates in history and in, in black history and protest history and political. And, and so far, nobody's really complained about it. I thought we were going to get some blowback from our Southern users, but everybody's kind of not one complaint. So that's, that's kind of nice. Uh, yeah, let's see what else. Uh, I got the PPP money, as you know, and now there's this big thing about like, uh, everybody's just yelling at Munchen about not putting out the list of people that got PPP loans. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I guess it's fair. The government, the, the people funded this, right? So they deserve to know who got the loans, but, uh, I'm a little worried now just today they struck a deal and they're going to announce like who got them. And I'm like, Oh God, I hope there's not a bunch of backlash and I get a bunch of shit for taking this loan. But I, you know, I mean, we're using it for exactly what it's for, right? I pay people with it. That is its purpose, and I am using it that way. So we'll see. That might be a little awkward. Revenue is kind of coming back. It's nice. Uh, the company's doing pretty well, all things considered. Uh, you know, definitely took a big hit in revenue from the quarantine. And then when the, the protest started, the revenue just went we've 50% loss on top of the 50% loss we had before. So we were down to like 25% of what we were making last year at this time, but now it's back up. We're not at a hundred percent of last year, but it's like 70% and I can live with that. You know, that's uh, right around profitability. So that's good. And then Nimbus or other product is doing really well. So, uh, it's growing and you know, that that's solid. We got a really good client, like line up in there feeling pretty good about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Work's going okay. Uh, we, you know, we are doing okay with the remote work. Uh, we just made the decision that it will be not required to go to the office for the rest of the year. So that was a big decision. We just kind of accepted it. Our, our employees, a lot of them have left New York that people are all over the world and a couple of them aren't in the United States, but it's still kind of working. So that feels pretty good. That feels pretty good. But the big thing is, I think it's time to rewrite my ad economics book. I was um, talking on this Slack I'm on. It's called the Witty Slack. And uh, somebody posted an ad economics article, and I just started sort of rambling, riffing about it. And they're like, oh, my God, you got to write this down. And I was like, all right. So I, I wrote a second, why is this interesting email? It's a daily email. Uh, it's in editing right now. It you know may or may not come out. But I was like... I'm going to write this book. I'm going to take a different approach. I'm going to write this book as short as possible, right? Like before I was trying to be as comprehensive as possible and it's like 800 pages. And I'm like, no, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to get this book down to 150 pages. It's going to be dense. It's going to be exact. It's going to be condensed. It's going to be exactly what you need to know to understand advertising well. And I'm just going to do it. I, I'm scared to even tell you guys because I'm not sure, but I, I think I want to. It's been bothering me. It's been a decade. It's time to get it done. So that's really what I'm going to do. I'm going to finish up this archive thing. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to write this book in like a fever dream in like three weeks because I got all the research read. I got everything there and I'm just going to fucking go for it. Uh, and then I'm going to pay my friend Lisa to edit it. And then I'm just going to put it out if I can't sell it. I don't even care. Yeah, that's my plan. <laughs> We will see. We will see. And that's the way it is for, I don't even know what day it is, July, no, June 20th, 2020. Oh, hey, it's 6-20-2020. That's interesting. Uh, anyway, thank you for listening. Drop a line. 
I hope you guys are doing all right. I hope everything's going okay in your life. I hope that German word I'm going to make up someday applies. And I'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Take care. Stay safe.